Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, Foster. Thank you. So both of us work online, and we've been doing this for a while. And I think a lot of people have this dream of working online and being in control of their own hours, their own schedule. They can work from anywhere they want. And those are all huge advantages. But there's a bit of a dark side, isn't there, Foster? The dark side to working online. Yeah, there's an enormous dark side to kind of that feeling where your life on paper looks wonderful, at least to the outside, but things can still be really, really difficult in in your day-to-day life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think with the pandemic and a lot of people working from home, a lot of people experienced this feeling of loneliness, lack of connection, especially people who are a little bit more extroverted, who might get energy from interacting from other people. Um, but I know even for me, and I, I guess, I don't know if I'm an extrovert or an extroverted introvert or whatever I am. I was going to say, I think you're one of those kind of ambiguous introverted (laughs) extroverts or extroverted introverts. Yes. I can say for me as a 100% introvert, Mm -hmm. like the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, Oh, sweet. I don't have to hang out with anyone. And then like two months in, I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) I need to see people. Yeah. And I had the exact same reaction. It was like this feeling of relief at first, but on the other side of it, it's, it's that feeling of just like lack of energy and just really missing talking with other people and seeing other people. Yeah. And I, I think those of us who work from home or work online, we feel this loss of like human connection. Yes. And I think it's almost a false sense of connection. When you are on the internet, you have a million interactions with people on your Instagram or on your YouTube or whatever you use. And I know Foster, you don't even use those things, but it creates, it's, it's almost like this really comfortable area where you don't have to go out. You don't have to actually see anybody and you can interact with people and, in a way that's very selective, but it doesn't fill you the same way as in-person interactions. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are, are feeling that lack of community, lack of connection and just lack of like vulnerable, real friendships that maybe they had in the past and now they, they don't have anymore. Yeah. Jackie, you probably heard about this or read about it just because I feel like we listen and read about a lot of the same things, Mm -hmm. but there is like a real loneliness epidemic, at least in the U S but I think for the most part of the world, yeah, there was a book by Vivek Murphy, I believe he was the former surgeon general to the United States. And he wrote a book, I think called Loneliness, but he really kind of started 
this idea that, yeah, we are social creatures, whether we like it or not, and we crave connection from other humans. And some of the statistics are just crazy, like, like loneliness is worse for your health than smoking like a pack of cigarettes a day. Yes. And I believe the average American, if you ask them, how many close friends do you have? Like true friends that, you know, you can call in the case of an emergency. The average is zero, Mm -hmm. which is super depressing. But I think most of us can relate to that on some level. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with there's just been a lot of changes over the years. And I think people move around a lot more than they used to. So in the past, it was you, you kind of grow up in an area and you might live there your whole life. So you have this group of family and friends that you've had your entire life. And, and, that, and it takes time and effort to build close relationships with people. And I know uh, a lot of people who I've met, even here in Orlando, moved here from Brazil or from other countries. It's great because sometimes there's all these communities, these groups of people that are for new moms or new whoever who just moved here. So everyone's kind of eager to meet each other. But uh, for some people, it's a really, really hard adjustment because they feel like I should be so happy that I'm here. Uh, I'm so lucky to be here yet. I feel so alone and I am so miserable and I miss my family and I miss this. And it's that guilt associated with not (laughs) being as happy as you thought you would be because you finally are living in this place that you've always dreamed of living in. Um, and, and I know, especially for, for moms too, when a woman becomes a mother, like it's this amazing love and you have this baby, but you're also completely isolated. You're in your house all day. And sometimes you may meet up with people for play groups, but more and more, like, I think looking back I'm like, it really does take a village. It's, it's not just the, the husband and the wife or whoever is raising the kids. You need you know, like a whole village of people to, <laughs> to talk to and to hang out with. And, and I feel like the more we are connected to our phones, the less we are connected to each other. And now <laughs> with, with AI and all these other things coming out, you see that you can almost like create relationships with these like AI people that are not people but you can kind of make them into whoever you want them to be. And you can like have a virtual relationship with someone and, and it almost tricks you into thinking like that's something real, but it's not. And it's just a big distraction. It like pulls you away from, from meeting like really like real humans that have flaws and (laughs) are, are dealing with their own stuff. But yeah, it's a it's an interesting time we're in, that's for sure. Okay, there was a lot there. And we will <laughs> definitely have to record an episode about AI. Um, yes. This episode is actually produced by Chat GTP Theory. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
So a couple of things stand yeah. out to me about what you're saying, Jackie. Well, I have some questions, but first, I do think that you and I specifically, we have kind of an interesting perspective on this mm -hmm. because we have been working remotely or living outside of our countries of origin way before the pandemic, way before right. it was like a mainstream common thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm really interested in like what that looks like for you now. Yeah. Because I think most people on the outside looking in would think like, oh, Jackie, successful YouTuber living in the U.S., like literally has the perfect life. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm really curious about like, I'm curious about your schedule and routine and how you incorporate. Recently, I heard this term social fitness, which I really like. Um, but how, how do you incorporate community into kind of your daily routine? Yeah. And, and it is hard because when we're younger, like when you're in college or even high school or after college and you're just like young and single and your life, at least in my case, and for most people, it's just going out with your friends. And if you have friends that are the same age group and <laughs> same situation, it's like, Hey, you want to go out? Sure. Let's be friends. And, uh, that's, that's like your priority in a lot of ways. Yeah. And those and, friends are essentially like given to you by circumstance. Right. Like, Oh, right. we all, we all go it's to like school together. To everybody and anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've noticed with myself that I feel like I'm just more selective, which is probably good, but um, I probably was cutting myself or maybe cutting people out without truly giving them a chance. I feel mm -hmm. like I was maybe thinking, oh, they're not like me or I don't know, they're too superficial. I was just kind of being a little bit judgy, I think, and not allowing myself to get too close to, to some people. Um, but then when you, and I think a lot of it was just the superficialness. I think that's what was getting really old for me. Yeah. I the had like comes tons up for me is, is yeah. like shallow. Yes. Like yeah. it, it's lacking in depth and, and richness. Yeah. Right. Right. And I didn't, I didn't want superficial friendships. And I realized, well, in order to have real friendships, I also needed to become more vulnerable and open up more with people. And, and once you start doing that, you see other people feel comfortable to do the same. So a lot of it is kind of like a mirror, you know, like people are, are not going <laughs> to open themselves up if I have a wall up. And exactly. I've, I've done a couple different things. I know when I was living in Brazil, like through the kids, when you have kids, you kind of become close to the other parents, whatever kids, <laughs> your kids are playing with their parents are around. It's like, Hey, you just hang out and, and become close to them. Yeah. We have the same thing with the dog. Yes. Yeah. You have a dog. <laughs> we have a dog. Okay. Yay. Let's have a play date for the dogs. <laughs> but then there's also 
interests. Like sometimes we have like certain interests and you're trying to find other people that might have similar interests, but they don't, or it's a little bit tricky. And I do think that is where the internet can be really helpful. You know, for example, if you want to learn how to, I don't know if you're interested in I'm trying to think of a good example here, like what, sword fighting or, or jousting, <laughs> something totally random uh, that may not Thinking be a common. A good in- example here, <laughs> jousting. <laughs> not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. Just throwing that one out there. But that is like a very specific, unique interest that probably, you know, the average person that you come across doesn't know much about or, or may not be interested in. So I think for stuff like that, the internet is really helpful because you can find people that have similar interests and you don't feel so alone and you can connect with people in that way. And, and I, I did do that in some areas, um, like coaching, spirituality, um, I guess, personal development, stuff like that. I, I started out connecting with people on the internet. And now I'm also trying to find people locally that have similar interests as well. Right. To continue with the sword fighting, jousting metaphor. (laughs) I really think the internet and just like our cell phones in our pockets. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. Because it's, an amazing, incredible technology that allows us to connect with essentially anybody. Mm-hmm. But I think there's kind of a facade there that we think that that kind of connection can replace real human connection that truly like nourishes us and helps promote like human flourishing. Yeah. And it's like an escape, you know? So if you're in a social situation, for example, and if you're a little bit uncomfortable, boom, go to your phone, you know, so that way you don't look like you're sitting there alone. It looks like you may be busy and you can temporarily distract yourself. And, and we see this a lot with young kids. Uh, I drive past bus stops where there's kids, they're all sitting fairly close to each other at the same bus stop and they're all on their phones. I'm like, you guys are all (laughs) right next to each other. You should be talking to each other. But it's that horrifying. I know. (laughs) And it's, and we even see this with adults, you know, and I'm guilty of doing the same thing. I, I make a very conscious effort, especially when I'm with my kids to stay off my phone as much as possible. But it's hard. Like sometimes it's just boring. You know, there's only so much (laughs) pushing on the swing you can do or digging in the sand. I mean, day after day, it does get a little bit mind numbing. And I think the phone serves as connection, distraction, something to kind of pull you out of the monotony of whatever you're doing. But, um, but yeah, there's, the good and the bad. We have to learn how to use it in in good ways and not use it as like a crutch or a, an escape route when we're feeling a little bit uncomfortable. Exactly. But Foster, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to ask you, Foster, too, because I know you as well have, you've sought out 
certain like groups of people and different things to get involved in. And I'm curious, like what, what was, what sparked that? What was going on with you that made you think like, oh, maybe I want to find other people with similar interests as well? I mean, I, when you ask it like that, Mm -hmm. it seems like that's just like a natural human desire to be in community with other people that have similar interest as myself. But I think the more honest answer is just after years and years of working online and traveling, yeah, just super isolating, incredibly, Mm -hmm. you can be incredibly lonely. Yeah. And you can, like when we talk about a loneliness epidemic, like I can feel that like my back starts hurting and it causes a lot of stress and anxiety. Mm. Yeah. So I, I did not have like a tipping point moment, but I think it was just, okay. A prolonged period of time without like a close community. Right. It just takes a toll on you. Um, yeah. So eventually I was like, no one is going to do this for me. So right. I kind of need to go out and do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it, you're describing what a lot of people have felt. It's you, you may even be surrounded by family and friends, but you can still feel very alone. It, it depends on like the type of relationship that you have with people and, and I think that's uh, where it gets a little bit tricky. Like, I know I've been in situations where I have been with a lot of family and friends, but I still felt like no one, no one really knew me or no one, I couldn't really be myself or I couldn't really open up. I felt like I would be judged or I felt like I would be told what to do differently because whatever I'm doing or whoever I am isn't enough, you know, so there's certain, it's not just, you know, how many people are around you. It's like the, the quality, I don't even want to say quality, but it's just the, the type of people that are around you that make you feel seen and heard and understood and accepted no matter what. And, yeah. and it's hard to find those people. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of like weeding and fishing. Yeah. I truly think it's like a lifelong project and what you were describing of like being surrounded by people and feeling alone Mm -hmm. like when you're lonely but you're not alone that is I think a almost universal feeling yeah and that should be a good sign of like ooh, something's a little off here yes and and so what did you do specifically that you think or like what was one of the things you did specifically to kind of help find these people, this community? I think I would be remiss if I did not say the first step was just a lot of therapy and mm-hmm. kind of realizing that, oh, it is normal to feel lonely sometimes. Right. And it's not because there's like a problem with me or I'm broken, like most people feel these things. Yes. You're human. (laughs) Yay. You're not a robot. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to the human condition. Yes. (laughs) So some practical things I've done 
I'm trying to think of what are some practical tips that we could give our listeners. And the first thing that immediately comes to mind is for most of my adult life, all of my friends were almost exactly the same age as me just because of schooling, right? university, whatever. And when I stopped worrying about age, mm. that really opened a lot of doors for me. Yeah. So I think that's just a, a good little life tip is I like that. Don't be afraid to hang out with and be friends with people that are much older or much younger than you are. Yes. Yeah. Or sometimes we, we filter people, not even just because of their age. We just assume because of whatever other situation that they won't have anything in common with us. And it's just our own initial judgment. It could be age. It could be, oh, well, she has 10 kids and I don't, or she works all the time and I don't, you know, whatever differences we might just think that because of their, their life situation is different, that we can't relate to each other. But those actually I have found tend to be the most interesting relationships because you realize that even having completely different life situations and circumstances, there's still so much in common. We still all share that same human experience of, of feeling lonely, like you mentioned, the highs and the lows and, and all the things. Uh, so it's, it's actually a much richer experience when you can cast a bigger net and yeah. see who, who comes in, into your life. I like that. I think that's a wonderful point. I think we kind of approach most social situations just like we have so many stories in our head that we tell ourselves. Yeah. For me personally, it's like, oh, I'm this very unique case of like I was born in South Carolina, but I don't live there anymore. And I speak different languages and my job is difficult to explain. Mm -hmm. So most people will not understand that and they will not want to be friends with me. And if you can. Right. Which is, yeah, not true. They probably like, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. If you can just temporarily throw those stories out of the window, mm -hmm. I think you will be amazed just how easily you can connect with any other human being. Yes. And another tip that I can give something that was still is really difficult for me. But I think for the longest time, especially as an introvert, anytime I would be meeting new people or in any social situation, I kind of assumed that people would not like me mm -hmm. either because I'm introverted or I'm just like not naturally a very like sociable person in those kinds of situations. But if you can flip the script and just by default, assume that, yeah, people will probably like you. You're a nice guy. You're interesting. Right. Right. That has made things so much easier for me. And it, yes. like, people feel that and it's like, Oh, I like this guy and they like you too. Okay, cool. Great. We're friends. Right. 
But it, it's so interesting. And, and it's almost like that developmental stage of adolescence. I think they even call it like the looking glass stage where, mm. you know, it's like you walk through the halls of high school and you feel like everybody's looking at you. Everybody's talking about you, but every single person is feeling the exact same thing. Like we're all so concerned about what everybody thinks about us. Yeah. It's crazy. Nobody cares what you're doing. Nobody <laughs> cares. They're all worried about themselves too. But <laughs> I've, I've been you foster a million times. I've gone to places and then I come home and I'm like, Oh God, why did I say that? Or, you know, embarrassed that I did something wrong or I offended somebody or I looked like an idiot or who knows there's, you know, we all do this to ourselves but I think at the end of the day, we don't need to worry about impressing anybody or, or, or getting anybody to like us. I think what really makes people like you is feeling like you like them. <laughs> it's, I yes. remember I was listening to a, a podcast years ago and they were talking about, they did a bunch of research on you know popular kids in high school and, and even past that. And and they, they asked you know, a bunch of questions and you, you would think like, oh, so what makes a person really popular or really well-liked? And, and some people might say, oh, you have to be really good looking or really smart or really good at sports. Mm -hmm. But those were not at all important. What was important, a person who was well-liked is also a person who likes everybody. And, and it's basically like how you make people feel. So, and we can feel that like, if, if you're talking to a person and you can feel that that person likes you and is interested in you and, and thinks your story's cool, like you're not going to leave that conversation like, oh, I didn't like that person. You're going to say, yeah. wow, what a nice person. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Give well, people I, the benefit of the doubt and be curious. Yes. I think that's just great advice for life in general. Yeah. And then it just takes the pressure off yourself. You know, like, I don't need to talk about myself. I, I'm here to, to, to learn about other people. And Foster, you're very good at this. You're natural at asking questions and showing interest in people. And, and people <laughs> love that, you know, so, or if they don't, then I don't know. <laughs> That's their own issue. No, it's still incredibly hard for me to believe that when you say that. You just got to sit with it and know that it's true. And I'm sure a lot of other people would say the same thing. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I guess, so you said, you know, obviously therapy has been really helpful for you just working out your own stuff and then going out, taking those little steps, like meeting people and, and having that perspective shift. So rather than being like, oh, they're going to hate me or they're not going to like me. I don't have anything in common with these people. It's says, well, let, let's see what I can learn or, or who knows, maybe just take the expectations out of it, the pressure off and, and see what happens. And you might be pleasantly surprised by people. Yeah. I think, I mean, there are really kind of two key aspects to this that you've mentioned several times during this conversation. Mm -hmm. The first, so we're talking about connection and you yeah. said, that you think a lot of the disconnection that we feel is just because we're too comfortable. And you've also mentioned the word distraction a lot. Mm. So I think both of those are absolutely essential. So if you want to 
meet new people or reconnect with people that you, you haven't talked to in a long time, it's going to be uncomfortable at first. Like if we're used to sitting inside looking at our phones all day, like actually talking to someone on the phone or meeting them for coffee, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. And you're going to want to run to your distractions, but yes, real connection is like the opposite of distraction. It's presence. Presence is everything. And and we can you can feel that. Like if someone is with you and they're they're paying attention to you, they're looking at you. I mean, it's so rare nowadays. <laughs> That someone's not being distracted or in their phone or doing so it just makes you feel so good. And I think especially in relationships too, we have to make a conscious effort to just pay attention, pay attention to your partner, pay attention to the person that's in front of you when they're talking to you and, and give them your presence. And that makes people feel more comfortable to open up if they need to, to just be their real selves. And more and more I see, you know, we, we see the two ends of the spectrum. We see the people that are becoming more recluse, like in their apartments, not leaving on their computers all the time and getting sicker and sicker every day because of it. And then other people who are like, I don't want to live like this anymore. I really want to create a sense of community. Yeah, absolutely. I, the the phrase that comes to me is like uh, I don't know exactly how we say this in English, but it's like we're more comfortable with the like the suffering that we know rather than the unknown future, whatever that may be. Um, so just practicing a little bit of that discomfort and then giving people your your presence, like your presence is a gift. There is no better feeling in the world than to feel like someone is truly listening to you and seeing you. And that in that moment, you are the most important person in the world for them. This, yes, like I practice meditation and stuff like that, but you don't have to do any of that. <laughs> You just have to sit with someone and talk to them like a human. Um, and then once you start doing that, it's pretty amazing. You see like, God, I can't believe I I initially judged everybody as being superficial and, and not having anything in common with me. Because once I actually opened myself and let people in, I realized they're 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 great people. We're all, we're all struggling. We're all thriving and not thriving at certain times. And, yeah. uh, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah, absolutely. And trying to bring it full circle back to language learning and mm -hmm. specifically improving your English. I kind of have this thing in my head that, the easiest and most like always going to work, the easiest, best way to learn a language is just to have one true friend that is 
a native speaker of that language. Mm. So obviously you and I, we have our partners, right? but it, it can be anyone. Like for me, when I moved to Brazil and I moved in with a Brazilian, my roommate was like my first true friend. And after you make one friend, then you meet their friends and then their friends of friends. And then you're in, and then you're not thinking about the language anymore. Yes. And you don't have to study or anything. It's just so much better. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Finding one good person. And, and obviously you don't want to just seek out people that like, I need someone to teach me English for free. I'm going to get close <laughs> to this person. <laughs> that's yeah. not cool. Either. Yeah. You like, don't want to be weird about it. <laughs> and it's going to take time, but we always get yeah. homework at the end, at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. So this is like probably the biggest homework assignment we've ever made, (laughs) (laughs) but try to make one new friend. And to be honest, it will probably take months, not weeks. Yeah. But I promise you can do it. Everyone can make one friend. It's a great homework assignment. It will change your life. Yeah. And, And aside from improving your language skills, you just learn about that other person and it's, it's always great to make new friends. You learn about their life, their lives and everything else. So yeah. Makes you healthier. Makes you live longer. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy. Excellent. I feel like I need to go, go out in the world and make a new friend. now. <laughs> <laughs> or even just have a conversation because I think sometimes it's hard to, Yeah. Or just go out and talk to somebody new or, or, or try, get involved in something new. Yeah. Whatever it is you're interested in. We are a perfect example. We've never met in real life, but That's I consider true. you a friend because we have spent hours and hours just yes. having conversations. <laughs> I, it's so weird. I feel like I have met you in real life. I'm sure we will meet <laughs> one of these days, hopefully. Yes. That would be amazing. I'm traveling to the U.S. in May. Oh, well, come to Florida if you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe that is for a later episode. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Jackie, right, anything you would like to add? Uh, no, I think this was this was great. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Improve Your English, Improve Your Life. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. That would mean the world to us. Also on our website, which is listed in the description, you can find the transcripts, the highlights, the homework assignments, and follow-up questions so you can really get the most out of these episodes. Again, thanks for being here and we'll see you in the next episode.